Jesus is right here in this place. I remember when Jesus walked into Jerusalem and he went to that, that pool of Bethesda and he walked up to the pool where people were lying around. They were lame and they were lepers and they were diseased and they were there were paralytics and people were all around this pool and tradition had it that this little pool was like a special water and that when the angels would come down and stir the water it was like this special moment and tradition said that when the water was stirred and the angels stirred it if you were the first to get in you got healed and so people were fighting and climbing and making their way to get into that pool once or twice a year when the water was stirred they never knew when it would happen but they thought that if it was stirred by the angel, then they were healed. I don't know if it happened or not. Some say it was tradition. Some say it was a rumor. Some say that's what they were just believing for. But Jesus walked up on the scene and he sees a man laying there on a mat. And he says, hey, do you want to be made well? It's a funny question. He's asking us that today. Do you want to, do you want to be made well? And the guy says, I don't, I don't have anybody to put me in the water when it's stirred, when the angel comes in and I, I can't get up and you can see I'm paralyzed and I don't have any friends to put me in and, I, and I'm just waiting on the water to be stirred and when the angel stirs it, then I can get in, but I, I'm just waiting. Many of you are just waiting on this special moment and the, the right person and the right day and the right friend and the right, the right season and, 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 and you just are waiting for everything to stir and you've heard like, if it's just, if it's just this moment, then but God said, no, 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 no. Jesus looked at me and said, hey, 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 rise up and take your mat and walk. Come on, it's a take your mat and walk moment right now. It doesn't have to be stirred by the angels. Your friends don't have to take you in there. You don't have to look good. You don't have to keep everything in order. Come on, the Holy Spirit's stirring some stuff up. Why wait? Why keep waiting? Pick up your mat and walk today. Today's a walk moment. A pick up your mat. right now in this moment God we're a believing people God and we thank you that you're walking up and down these aisles right now you said that we'd be your people and you would be our God that you would live in us and that you would walk amongst us we thank you Lord that you said where two or three are gathered you're in our midst Holy Spirit you're walking through these aisles Jesus your presence is walking through these aisles right now touching and healing and lifting and and living through us God anyone that's been waiting for years maybe 38 years maybe 38 months maybe it's been eight days I don't know anybody that's been waiting for the opportune time and the perfect moment thank you that you say pick up your mat and walk today come on it's a walking it's a walking moment today God. father I thank you right now we declare that you're the God that heals restores and sets free in Jesus name thank you that we're no longer waiting we're walking in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. If you believe God's doing miracles, give him one last shout of praise. I believe, I believe somebody got healed in here. I believe somebody got set free this morning already. It is good to be at Transformation Church. We this morning, what's up, everybody?
Come on, as you grab your seat, look at somebody and say, I'm not waiting, I'm walking all the way to my seat. <laughs> it's going to be a good day in God's house. I, I believe, I don't know, I think somebody got healed in, in, that, in that moment of worship. Uh, I believe that you would receive it and that you would uh, not wait any longer, that it's yours. And um, uh, we get excited about Jesus being a healer here. We get excited about the things of God. We get excited about the person of Jesus. And so I want to encourage you, if you're here, anything, Jesus is here and anything could happen. Some, some get, you could get cake on your face. I don't know. Something might happen today. Uh, I just, I'm, I'm excited that God is still changing lives, still doing miracles. I'm thankful for the thousand chance. Come on, anybody thankful for a thousand and one chances that you're going to need later today? I'm thankful God didn't give up on me on the thousand chance. He's still believing in me. And so uh, we gather around uh, the word, but we gather around not just principle. We gather around a person named Jesus. That's why I'm so excited and we get so excited here. If you're a guest with us, I'm so glad you're here. Um, but each week we do gather around Jesus and we're excited about that. Uh, the Vols won. We're excited about that. Come on, somebody. Alabama got destroyed. We're excited about that, somebody. Come on, I'm sorry for you Alabama fans, but y'all do not pray enough. You got the devil on your side, and it ain't working any longer. Come on. Everything, all his kingdom shall be toppled, and Jesus shall reign in the SEC. I got a couple Alabama friends. They're staring at me. Julia's looking at me real angry right now. Come on, we know. We're praying for you. We love you. We are in a series called uh, We Are Well Able. It's a vision season, and every year in November, we do a vision season going all the way into uh, December, first weekend of December. A couple thoughts real quick on that. Um, all month long, I'm going to be casting vision, and then next week, um, I'm gonna, we're going to give out our vision initiative card, uh, just some of the vision for our church next year, what we're believing for, what we're trying to uh, give to next year. You'll see all month and leading up to uh, our big uh, commitment offering on December 8th, you'll see um, some stories and just different stats and life change of what God's done. It's good to see uh, the stories and hear the stories of what God's done and how he's worked through you and through our church. And so I would encourage you to be engaged with that all month and come on, come strong on December 8th with our, with our giving offering there. And um, I'm excited about that. One big announcement. We have a Christmas service, December the 22nd. Um, it's going to be an amazing service. We're going to have tickets for it. We're going to give out. We tried to, uh, we, had, hey, we had reindeer scheduled, but the guy, uh, reindeer in Rocky Hill, who knew, right? And so supposedly it was a business, but he was lying. I don't think he has any reindeer because we tried to start reaching out to him. And now he might not, I could be wrong. It might be real. We just, it just seemed a little bit hard to get the reindeer that he was advertising. So we had them, but we don't have them now, but we got some other great surprises uh, for Christmas and um, I'd encourage you to be a part of that. Many of you might be traveling or maybe you're thinking about Christmas at home or something. Don't. Come to, come to our service. Bring some friends. Come on. The 22nd. Listen to me. Here's why. Here's why. The 29th, we're closing down church and doing church online. And so, so, so we will not have service December the 29th. We feel that like you can go check out another church. I got friends' churches in town. You can go stay with your family. We're going to do church online. We'll have worship. We'll have a little word online. You can check it out in your pajamas, somebody. But we just wanted to give you a rest and kind of a, 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 just a relaxing end of the year that way. We know our church is run by volunteers and people lead and our team members, our servant leaders, they, they lead the way. And so we want to just say thank you and just take that Sunday and kind of stay at home. Is that good for anybody? Come on, awesome. We're going to, yeah, four of you, that's cool. We're going to let y'all, don't, don't, but don't miss December 8th, our giving offering. Don't be staying, we ain't doing online that day. And so y'all be strong that day. Let's show up strong. Real, real quick before we jump in, um, would you stand to your feet if you're a veteran here? If, you, just, if you've been in, in the military, you're a veteran, all veterans, please stand to your feet. Man, thank you guys. Come on, look at that. 
thank you all. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All your families. We say thank, thank you to your families. I get goosebumps. I, I grew up in a military family. Columbus, Georgia, Fort Benning, baby. Come on. Uh, I, I, my family was in the military, and so I know what it's like. I just say thank you to your families and, um, and to you for your service. Uh, small gift of appreciation. Nothing that could match what you've done, but, but uh, out, of, out of our connection area, we've got a, a gift card for you to Starbucks, a little coffee on us. So just want to say thank you like that. I know it doesn't match. It's small uh, compared to what you've done, but we just want to say thank you and put our, put our money where our mouth is and our heart and give into that and honor you. We honor you today in a huge way every day. We thank you for your sacrifice. Uh, we're going to jump into the word. Um, we are well able. And I, I think that that's the spirit. That's the heart cry for this year. For me, I think it's our vision this year. I think that we are well able in our personal lives, in our, in our finances, in our relationships, in our church life, taking territory and ground. Um, the devil does not want our church to be built and to grow and to expand and to reach other parts of our city and other parts of our region. He'll do everything he can to stop us from building our church. And I'm just going to declare that we're well able and no devil in hell can stop our church from being built. And stop us from extending the purposes of God. And so we're in, in Numbers chapter 13 and 14. I'm going to read some verses um, and then we'll jump into the word and some thoughts. Uh, this is uh, God's people, uh, the spies going to take the promised land. God has given them the land. He's told them that. And he said, I want you to go look at it and go and go spy it out and come back and then get a strategy. He didn't ask for them to come back and give opinion. He, 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 he asked for them to go see the promise and come back and give a strategy. We talked last week about some of us see all the problems, but not the promise, and then we lose perspective. God never asked you to give opinion on the promise. He asked you to, to give a strategy on how to get the promise. Come on, does that make sense? And so, and he, so here's what, what he says to these spies. Verse 1, 13, verse 1. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving. Come on, I am giving. Not I might give, not I could give, not maybe I'll give, not one day I'll give. Currently, uh, I am giving. God has said some I am givings to you, and you're still doubting. You're still questioning. You're still wondering. You say, maybe it'll happen. Maybe it won't, and you're not seeing it yet. But God has told you, I am giving this to my children. Chapter 14, verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. We, biggest pity party in the Bible you've ever seen. And the people wanted that, we wept that night. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Well, they got that prayer. I said to you last week, every place you complain, the kingdom life is sucked out and dies. Every place you complain, your vision dies. Every place you complain, come on, I'm telling you, I'm convicted and challenged in my own life. The spots we complain are the spots that things die. And God's saying, listen, I want you to go and look out, look at the land. They're complaining and crying and weeping. And so, and so all the congregation says, if we'd only died, if we'd only gone back into the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? And then he said, that our wives and children should become victims. They're like acting like they care about other people. No, they don't. They're caring about themselves. They're like, well, our kids. <laughs> Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let's get the committee and select another pastor and return to Egypt. Y'all didn't think that was funny. I'm getting scared now. I'm going home. I thought it was a joke. Y'all like, it's serious. <laughs> Verse 6, But Joshua, son of Nun, Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, 
who were among those who spied out the land, tore their clothes, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, The land we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. And if the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it, to, give it to us. And the land which flows with milk and honey, only do not rebel against God nor fear anybody. Don't fear any giants, for they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Title for this week is based on the title from last week. The title from last week was The Power in the Packaging. The title for this week is The Promise in the Process. The Promise in the Process. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your promise. But more so even than that, thank you for the process. We open our hearts up to the process today, God. We thank you that you would do all you can do with your strength, and we'll do what we can do as you empower us, God, in Jesus' name. Amen? Uh, I think that uh, last week I showed you a box of Oreos and I showed you the package in the front of the picture and it was a beautiful picture and uh, marketers know that packaging is so important because they get the package now in the, in the mix of marketing because we buy based on visual marketing and so there's this beautiful promise on the front of this, uh, this box in front of this package. Many of you last week who heard me saying, hey, it's the promise, look at the promise, don't look at all the peripheral, you're like, yeah, but the back of the box has calories and it has stuff and there's nutrients and, and it's true. The back of the box does have some stuff, and, and it's important that it's on the back of the box. Here's the thing. We have the promise, and we see the promise, and we buy in based on the package, but we get the promise based on the process that we're willing to walk through. We'll, we'll never get what's on the front of the package. We'll never get the promise on the front of the package unless we're willing to go through the process that's on the back of the box. There's something that has to be done. There's some instructions. There's some ingredients. There's some things that play into that. And a lot of times, we want the promise, but we don't want the process. God usually will show you the process and a picture, excuse me, God usually will show you a picture of the promise before he ever shows you the process. It's called God tricking somebody. Come on, never God ever tricked you? <laughs> he will show you the, the promise on the package instead of the, the process on the back because he knows if he shows you the process before the promise, you won't buy into the promise and you'll run from the process. God's tricked us sometimes. If, if you're married or own a pool, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we love the picture of the promise. We love the white picket fence. We love the house. We love the, we love the clean house. We love the clean, the clean car. We love the dishes. We love the two and a half dogs. We love the meal on the table every night. We love, the, we, we love all the beautiful white wedding dresses. And we love the picture of the, of the pool in the backyard and friends frolicking in the water. And it's beautiful. We buy in. want a pool. And then the pump breaks and the pool breaks and the water leaks and, 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 the, and the spouse isn't what you thought they were every day that you thought it was going to be. And the kids yell and the kids back talk and the bills come and the, and the, and the roof leaks and the bills come and, and the dog barks and the, and the bills come. And, you, and, and, usually, and usually we buy in because of the promise, but we quit because of the process. And God's just saying... That if we would commit to the process, to what's on the, the back of the box, we can get what's on the front. It's a beautiful picture, but if I'm ever going to get that, I'm going to have to make some stuff. i got some cake ingredients up here. There's, there's beautiful chocolate cake, but I've got to, none of this looks like chocolate cake. I mean, I've got to take a little bit of flour, and I've got to put it in this bowl here. I've got to take a little bit of this sugar. Come on, that tastes pretty good. Put a little sugar in that. Everybody, everybody I just, I'm, this is how I do cake. 
Who follows the recipe to, to just to a T? Come on, look at y'all, look at y'all. Who, who doesn't? Put your hand up high. Hold it up there. Everybody look around. Don't eat at their house. Don't do it. You put the sugar in. You got a little bit of baking powder right here. This baking powder goes in. You just put a little pinch of that, right? You put a little salt. You got a little, you got a little pinch of salt right there. Uh, a little cacao powder, cacao. Put a little cacao powder with the cacao. You got a little egg. I'm going to try to do it one-handed right here. Yep, one-handed. Put the little egg. Look at that. Add a little water. I mean, this thing's turned into a nasty mess right here. I'm gonna, I got this blender right here. Do I go high? Do I go high? What do y'all want? Y'all want high mode? Higher. <laughs> Come on, we'll go, we'll go one. We'll go right there, level one. Just begin to, just begin to mix that thing. I'm making, this is, and the picture on the front of the box doesn't look anything like this mess that I have inside of this method of making cake. But the reality is if I don't ever blend this, if I don't ever mix some nasty ingredients with some good ingredients to get to the front of the box, I'm never going to see the promise. And I just want to tell you, the process is messy. The process doesn't feel good. The process doesn't look good. The process doesn't even taste good. But if you're willing to commit to the process, to the ingredients, come on, it's all in the mix. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all in the mix. There's a couple things you need to know about the mix. You can write this first thought down. You receive the promise through the process. Man, don't quit on the process. We love the promise. Please hear me today. The process is beautiful. The front of the box is beautiful, but the process is also beautiful. Sometimes it's not as easy, but it's beautiful. Three quick ingredients in the mix of our, our promise I think we're going to have to have from this, these verses. And Number one, I think it's very important. Number one, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith, your faith. Your faith has to be an ingredient. So often we as believers say faith and it's just this concept and it's like, do I just keep believing? And we've got doubts and we've got the enemy coming at our minds and we all carry these giants with us and we see giants and we see problems. And how do, how do we have faith in the middle of it? Very interesting. Joshua and Caleb stepped up to the promise. They see the giants. They say, this is our land. We are well able. God said, this is our land. They just began to say what God said. They just began to speak what God speaks. They just began to say some stuff positive. All the other guys saw the problems. They saw the opportunities. Have you ever met anybody that can find a problem in every opportunity? You ever met anybody that can find an opportunity in every problem? Come on, somebody. They took two kids. It was Christmas. Two little boys. They put one little boy in a room of toys, one little boy in a room of horse poop, up to his knees. Little boy played in the toys for about 30 minutes. He was having fun. And then all of a sudden he started complaining, throwing the toys aside and just sat there. Other little boy was digging through the, digging through the horse poop, throwing stuff in the air, having the fun time, digging holes, digging tunnels, setting up little houses. <laughs> they asked the one little kid why he got bored with the toys. They're like, I didn't even ask for them toys. They're the toys I wanted. I, I don't even, I was bored. I didn't want anything to do with them. They asked the other little kid, like, why are you, you're having fun here, digging through horse poop. Like, what are you doing? He's like, my gosh, with all this horse poop, there's got to be a horse hidden somewhere. <laughs> I, I, I mean, it's like, you know, there's got to be a cake somewhere, right? In all the mix, in all the pain, in all the processing, in all the struggle, in all the salt, in all the, there's got to be a cake somewhere. There's got to be a promise somewhere. I know you're facing some problems, but there's a promise if you don't quit. I know you're facing things, and I think our faith is key on what we say. Look at the, look at the verse in Mark 11, uh, chapter tw verse 22 through 24. Here's the key to faith. Jesus answered and said to them, I have, have faith in God. Says that one time. 
For surely I say to you, whoever says that this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. He says, have faith one time. He says, say three times. Three to one. Faith one time, say, say, say. Three to one. Faith is what is happening in your tongue. Listen to me. We all have doubts. We all have discouragements. We all have fear. We all face giants. But what's happening in our mind, God says to renew our mind, begin to think like God thinks, begin to say what God says. And your tongue, your mouth is the elevator that allows faith or doubt to enter into your heart. This becomes the elevator from a renewed mind or a doubtful mind. And it, and, and, and it doesn't matter if you have doubts. Those are passive. They're not active. Words are active. And so you begin to say, 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 we've got to watch our mouths. As God's children, the power, I'm, I'm talking to myself. As God's children, what are we saying? If we want faith, if we claim to be faith people, what are we saying? What are we saying about our kids, about our marriage, about our spouse, about our giants, about our businesses, about our problems, about our challenges? What are we speaking? What are we saying? And it's literally the thing that will fill our heart with doubt or faith or strength. And I'm not just saying, say whatever you want to say. Hear me. Some of you are like, well, he's naming it, claim it. <laughs> no, I'm saying, say what God says. Yeah. Amen. These, these spies said what God said. God said, I'm giving you the land. It's a good land flowing with milk and honey. And they said, it's a good land flowing with milk and honey. They just said what God says. Listen, write this down. If you, if you never, you will never see what God sees until you say what God says. Many, many of you just keep saying what you see. And you're just going to keep seeing what you say. And you just keep saying what you see. And you're going to keep saying, seeing what you say. Over and over. What does God say? I'm, God brought these guys to the promised land. God knew giants were there. God knew your marriage would be struggling right now. God knew your finances would be messed up right now. God knew you'd be praying for your kids and you're wondering if they're going to make it. God knew that. God knew you'd still be single. God knew what you were going to go through in that heartbreak. God knew there'd be these problems. But he's saying, if you, I'm bringing you to a promise and I'm with you. I'm trying to get your faith up. He's with you even though there's a problem. He's with you in the process. He's got you in this process. And he's saying, you've got to have faith. Keep speaking what I'm saying. Keep saying what my word says. Keep declaring it in your mouth. And I promise you, your faith will build. And I'll do the promise I've promised you on the front of the box. You notice what stopped the whole nation was 10 men with a negative report. Was it a negative word. Satan will always send his word to do his work. Satan wants to use a word. God wants to use a word. Satan wants to use, Satan will send a word to discourage you and threaten you and make you fearful to get you to run because he knows the promise is right around the corner. They're right on the edge of promise. They should have entered in. They should have taken the land, but they just started saying things in doubt and they didn't have faith. We are well able. You are well able. Come on, you got the living power of God inside of you. You're well able. I am well able. The second ingredient, very important, is your food. The first ingredient, your faith. Second ingredient, your food. What feeds you is the question. Joshua and Caleb, they've been part of a people that have been in slavery for 380 plus years. The only thing they knew was food from Pharaoh's hand. They knew nothing else. Think about that. 400 years eating in slavery. They went from Goshen. They went to Goshen. God took them to a land because there was going to be a famine. The famine hit the land, so he strategically placed a few people in a place called Goshen in Egypt. They began to eat because God knew he needed to sustain them. Well, they began to grow because God was a blessing was on them. And as they grew, they got enslaved. And now all they know is how to eat food from Pharaoh's hand as slaves. Listen, it wasn't a comfortable environment, but God was faithful as a source, right? Some of us, we're not always in the most comfortable environment that we find ourselves in, but he's always faithful. Listen to me. 
It was the gutters in life that God was faithful to feed me in that I recognized his glory through. Come on, anybody ever been fed in a gutter by God and he stayed faithful? Thank God for those places. And so they began to cry out to God. They said, we don't want to stay here. And so God says, okay, we're going to move you on. Go out to the wilderness. I'm going to set you free. They moved to the wilderness. They begin to eat manna from heaven. No longer, are, see, God is changing what they eat. He's not changing the source of what they eat. He's changing the method of how he feeds them. And so they move out from Pharaoh's hand, from Pharaoh's food, and now they're eating from heaven, this manna, and they begin to not like it, and they begin to grumble. It's interesting that when they grumble to go back to Egypt, they complain about the food, and they remember the food of Pharaoh's hand. They say, I wish, you would think they'd say, I don't want to camp anymore. Any non-campers? Thank God for you. I love you. You'd think they'd say, we don't want to pack up every three days. We want to have some consistency. We want to go back to our beds. We want to go back to our house. No, they said, hey, we remember we had fruit and veggies and fish and leeks and vegetables back there in Egypt. They thought about the food. They got confused about the method, and so they began to question the source, and they wanted to go back to an old resource. Listen, if you, if you forget who your source is, you'll always be confused and question your resource. And you'll always wonder, man, I don't know about this. I want to go back. And you'll begin to question the process and the method and the, and the method he's using. Here's what God's doing. He's trying to get you to a new method to feed you, a new level of living. We get stuck on the same method all the time. You're trying to go to a new promise this year. I'm trying to go to a new promise. I want to see something from God. I get stuck on the same food all the time. Anybody get stuck on the same restaurant over and over and over and over and your family can't stand the place any longer? But you're the parent, so you get to choose where you go. And your kids yell at you about it. That's like us with Chipotle, you know. Our kids hate Chipotle now. We, you know, I can, you know, it's like three times a week we're eating there. God's trying to change up the method. God will change up the, the method to feed you instantly. And, and if you miss it, then you're going to miss God. And that's what's happening. I mean, I eat vegan now, and, and there's not a whole lot you can eat as a vegan. Like, it's not, it's like lettuce or oats. Like, that's it <laughs> for every meal. I've been doing it since January. And, and, and I, was on a va- I was on a trip with some other pastors. We were deer hunting. I'm not vegan because I don't like to kill animals. I love to kill animals. I <laughs> got a big 11-point buck, man. It was awesome. And, and, uh, but, but like we're there, and some of y'all don't write me, okay? So we're, so we're there, and, and, and we're, we're, we're eating, and like they're bringing out ribs and chicken and big, fil- I mean, fillets like this big. And, and, and they're telling me the recipe of the pastor's wife's baked beans. And they're, they're bragging. And I'm like, I'll have some lettuce and some oats, please. And it's embarrassing. They're like, it's awkward. Like, they're all looking at me. They're enjoying ribs. And their faces are dirty. And I'm like this. I'm eating it for every meal. It's like breakfast. I'm like, I'll have some lettuce and oats, please. I'm apologizing for it. I'm like, it's health stuff. I'm sorry. I know it's awkward. It's like they're feeling convicted for just slopping down pork, you know, and they're looking at me. And, and, I, and I'm like, I'm not judging, you know, just like lettuce and oats, please. It's just weird. Don't eat anything different. You know, I think it's awkward when you're not willing to eat anything new or next from God. I think God thinks it's kind of, kind of awkward when you're not willing to move on to some different level of living or different type of food, and he wants to feed you. He's saying, okay, I'm trying to wean you. That's what's happening here. He's trying to wean them to a new level. He's trying to get them off manna and get them to a new level, a new method, but it's never easy to go to the next level. Come on, think about being weaned, a child being weaned from a bottle or a breast. What happens? Begin to scream, begin to cry, begin to get frustrated. You move them to a high chair, and what happens when you give them the baby food and you start to play airplane and... And then you put that taste in their mouth, and they're like, ah, pff, pff, 
smacking stuff. There's food everywhere. You know, it's a disruptive moment, right? It's painful. How do you respond when God tries to feed you something new? How, how do we act when God wants to say and change the method that he feeds us? That's what's happening. And then he sits him in a high chair as a, as a little kid. And or you go to the kitty table and you cut the food up and they give small bites. And then you put that in their mouth and then they're old enough to eat on their own, right? There's a process. Many of us are in that process. But if parents are still playing airplane with their 10-year-old, 15-year-old, 18-year-old, 25-year-old, <laughs> open up, Laban. Stu could kill me. I'm sorry. Love you. If you something's off with that, with the parent and the child, if God's still having to play airplane with you to get you to another level of living, something's wrong. And so he's trying to work with us to, to feed us differently. And there's this food. What's your food? What sustains you? How do you eat? What do you, what do you like to eat? What is God saying? That you cannot continue to eat what you used to eat. You've got to go from milk to meat. You've got to grow up. We've got to see this process take place. And so there's this food. There's this shift. And then the third thing, and here's what the food really is, the third ingredient, your fight. Your fight. Joshua and Caleb. They come to the edge of the promised land. They say, it's all good. Uh, it's God's land. We're going to speak it in faith. And they say, don't be scared. And then Caleb makes this statement. He says, don't be scared of the giants. They are bread to us. They are bread to us. What, what, what he says is, is, the fight is my food. What is bread? It's sustenance. It's strength. It's, it's energy. Come on, on the back of this box, there's calories, and, there's, and, and you'll never get the promise unless you ingest the calories and the strength and the sustenance of the mix. And what Caleb is saying is that every giant that you face is actually, uh, every battle that you see is actually bread for your soul, that as believers, as Christians, as God's people going to a promised land, that the, the food is actually our fight, that we're fed off of it, that the bread makes us grow and sustains us and strengthens us. The, the fight is my food. Come on, look at three people and say, the fight is my food today. These guys are confused in the promised land because, or trying to take the promise. Think about it. All they've done up to this point for a year is reach out and get manna. That's all they've done. Reached out and grabbed manna, reached out and grabbed manna, reached out and grabbed manna, reached out of their tent every morning and grabbed a little manna. Now they're looking for the promise. They're on the edge of the promised land. They've prayed for food. They're expecting food. They're expecting the front of the box and all they see is a fight. They've asked God for food and all they see is a fight. They don't understand. Many of you have asked God for food and all you see is a fight. He answered with a fight and you're going, whoa, I'm confused. I'm concerned. God, I asked you for a good marriage. I didn't know it was going to be a fight of forgiveness and a fight not holding grudges and a fight of repentance and a fight of humility. You ask God for financial help, and you say, God, I didn't know a fight for self-control was going to be like this and a, uh, a fight for ingenuity and a fight for hard work. I didn't know it was going to be like this, God. And you ask God to help in your addictions and you're like God I love you and I've been serving you for this many years but I thought I'd be free years ago and I'm still fighting the same addiction come on does anybody have a fight that you're familiar with come on we all got a battle we all have a giant and there's this fight that they're facing and Caleb says come on it's my food and you're scared because you've prayed for food, but God's answered with a fight, and you don't know what to do because you've used to it being a little bit easier. Remember when it was easier when you first got saved and your faith was, was in its infancy forms, and you just prayed, and like angels showed up, and the heaven parted. It's like, ooh, and answers and miracles, and everybody around you got saved and fell on the ground, and God showed up, and fire hit the, hit the floor where you were praying. And I, Do you remember those days? You'd open up the Bible and read one verse and the secret mysteries of heaven were unveiled to you. 
Now you've been saved for years and it takes like 82 hours and 72 chapters of the Bible and like, are you there, God? It's because as you grow, he feeds you with a fight. It's not manna anymore. Listen, miracles still happen. Manna still happens, but it's not our mindset. They had a mindset of manna, a mindset of reach out. They didn't have a mindset to battle, a mindset to fight, a mindset to stand up in the process, a mindset to be strong. And the last one, if you're willing to fight, is your feast. Come on, there's a feast for you. God's got a feast for you. The battle is your bread. If you will face it, it will feed you. If you will fight it, it will feed you. One day, that thing can actually look like a big old nasty chocolate cake, somebody. Come on, anybody getting hungry over that? One day, somehow, that mess turns into this promise. There is a promise in the process that you're going through. And if you'll fight it, if you'll face it, it will feed you. Some of you have wanted to run from the fight. Some of you have taken the easy way out. If you're willing to overcome your manipulation and overcome your fear and overcome your unforgiveness and overcome your bitterness and overcome your mistakes and overcome your, fa- your past, you can actually have a promise in the middle of the process and God will actually give you the promised land. Come on, the giants are a piece of cake to us. Look at five people and say, piece of cake, please. We feast on them. I don't know what you've taken the easy way out on. I know there's things in my life where I kind of ran from the fight. You can't go backwards. When they faced the fight, they all wanted to go back to Egypt. Nothing back there is relevant. Anything back there, anything holding you back, any voice, any fear, any person, any word that's clinging to you, you've got to fight it off, separate yourself from it, and run forward. You cannot carry dead weight and get out of the wilderness. You can't. And my prayer for us and my prayer for you is that we'd understand that there's a feast, that the battle's not too big, the giants are not too big. I want to encourage your faith today. We're all in process, but I promise you, it might look messy, but there's a promise in the middle of it. I want to pray with you today. I I just, I hope I'm talking to somebody today because there's sometimes we just want to quit and run and God's chose you and understood that you could face and stand through the fight that you're standing through. He knew that you could stand and take it and could fight. And he's just saying, don't quit. Don't run. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't sit down. Commit to the process and see the promise come to pass in your life. I'm going to stand. I'm going to fight. I'm going to feast. There's a feast in front of me. I think it's very important that we'd grab a hold of it and believe God. No devil in hell is going to stop the kingdom. We're going to keep fighting and keep believing and keep grabbing a hold of God's promises. Y'all with me today? If you stand to your feet for a, a second, I want to pray for you. It's interesting to me that this little container right here has baking powder in it, and there's this beautiful cake right here. Anybody ever tasted this stuff? Come on, really. How nasty is this? Isn't it interesting that the nastiest tasting ingredient in the entire thing is what makes it rise? Isn't it interesting that the thing that tastes the worst in our life is usually what makes us rise to the promise of God? Isn't it amazing that we learn the most about God and ourselves in the middle of a fight? Some of you are worrying about how bad the thing tastes, but I'm telling you that it's going to make that thing rise. It doesn't taste good on its own, but when you begin to mix it with the community and mix it with people and mix it with prayer and mix it with a little sugar and mix it with a little egg and put a little flour in, all of a sudden that biscuit, that cake, that life begins to rise up with the nasty stuff. Even in the inside of it, it begins to become all God intended it to be. I love when Jesus rose from the dead 
It's interesting in the Bible that he rose from the dead and the Bible records that after he went into hell, went to the cross, fought the devil in hell, took the keys of death and, and, and the kingdom, that he went into uh, this tomb and he laid there dead for three days as he was in the tomb. And the Bible records that when they went in to find him in that tomb, that he had taken the grave clothes that he was wrapped in and that he actually folded them up. And they said they found his grave clothes folded up inside the tomb. And you think about why does the Bible record that God took some grave clothes and actually took the time to fold them up? I mean, what did he go to? He just beat death. He just conquered hell. He just defeated Satan. He just hung on the cross for all those hours, bruised, bleeding, beaten. And now all of a sudden he decides after all that, come on, the last thing I do is fold up my clothes. Somehow he decides to show us that he folds his clothes up. Others, many of us said, oh, it's because he's neat and he's orderly. And ah, maybe I don't think so, though. Why did he fold the, the cloth up? I think because he was telling us that, that I, just, I just ate death alive and I'm folding up the napkin like it was just a snack. Like it's not that much of a problem. Like, like. Death just became dessert to me and I took the time to fold up my napkin and place it at the table. And I'm here to tell you that whatever you're facing, if God can eat death as dessert, he can take your fight and turn it into a feast, give you some cake, make the process come out with a promise. He's folded up the napkin. He's handled death, hell in the grave. And I'm telling you, if you keep fighting, I promise it's gonna feed you today. I want to pray for those that are ready to quit. God told me to pray for those that are ready to quit, that have been f afraid of the fight, that have been in fear of the fight, that weren't willing to face the fight. But God's saying that you're here today and you're actually ready to face the fight and not be frightened by the giants that you're ready to have a new outlook and not quit. And I know you've been ready to, God said there's some people today so close to giving up on the fight, but God's saying if you will face it, if you will fight it, it will feed you, that you'll get stronger, that you'll actually see this in your life, that you'll taste the goodness of God in the land of the living, that he will do the promise that he said he would do. Just don't quit. That God's folded up the napkin and promised heaven on earth and heaven after earth. That it was just dessert. Death was just dessert to him, guys. Whatever you're facing today, he's with you and he's strong enough to get you to what he's called you to. I want to pray for you. Come on, let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, we thank you for your spirit. We thank you that you folded up that napkin and said death wasn't any big deal. That you just handled it for us. We thank you that you've given us that promise of heaven to come, but you've also given us a prom promise of promises on this planet. God, every one of us are in a different process right now in different steps, but we're not alone. We're together and we're with you. You're in us and you're for us. No one looking around, I'm not here to embarrass you, but if you say, Jamie, I, I want you to pray for me. I'm that person that's been ready to quit in the process or been ready to not face it. And I'm ready to actually face it. I know that it, it will feed me. It'll make me stronger. I know I've got to de deal with it. I know I've got to face it. I know it's just a process and I believe I'm going to have a promise. I'm not stopping. I'm going to commit to the process today. Put your hand up to me right now. Let me pray with you. Come on, all across this house. Father, you see every hand. You see every heart. You know our process. Thank you that the process is beautiful. Thank you that the promise is even more beautiful. But God, we're committed to the process today. 
Lord, whatever's trying to discourage us, whatever word's coming against us, whatever word from the past, maybe it was a teacher, a parent, a friend, some word that sat deep in our heart. God, I ask you to uproot it, that we're moving on to the future. Lord, we will not quit on the process today because we know it would feed us. As we pray for food, God, give us any fight we need to conquer because the battle is our bread today, God, that the giants are food to us today, God. Strengthen us by your spirit. We can't do it in our own flesh. We can't do it in our own strength, but we commit and surrender to you in the middle of this process. Feed us however you need to feed us, God. Last second, no one looking around. If you're here in this place and you say, you know what, I've never given my life to Jesus. We had seven people give their life to Jesus and say yes to eternity with God this morning in first service. If you're here, maybe today's your day and you've just never said yes to Jesus. I'm here to tell you that Jesus died on a tree, was beaten, bruised, shed his blood, and he died not to make you a good person. He died to make you an alive person. When I ask you today to surrender to him, it's not to rules or church or, or regulations. It's to surrender to Jesus Christ, the God King who's seated in heaven waiting for a relationship with you. He's opened the door to life to you. If you've been fighting battles on your own, you've been facing giants on your own, he's ready to step in today. If you're here and you say, you know you need a fresh start with God, I'm just going to ask you in a minute to put your hand up to me. I'm going to pray for you, but today's your day. Someone brought you here. You've been facing things on your own. You're ready to have a relationship with God. God's not mad at you. You can't clean your life up. You can't fix the process you're in. The process has brought you to this moment. All you can do is say, yes, Jesus, I surrender. Be my leader and be my Lord. On three, I'm going to ask you to put your hand up. If that's you, I'm not going to bring you forward or embarrass you, but if that's you, if you're ready to make a fresh start with God this morning and give your life to Jesus, on three, one, two, three. Put your hand up to me right now. Let me pray for you. Come on, across this house. Anybody in here say, I'm ready to make a decision for Christ today. God bless you, young lady. Come on, God bless you. Awesome. God bless you. Thank you for your boldness. Anybody else, hold it up high to me so I can pray for you. I'm ready. I'm just going to surrender. I can't fight the fight on my own. I'm giving it to Jesus. I need a fresh start in God. Awesome. God bless you, sir. Thank you for your, for your boldness. Come on, church. People saying yes to eternity. Yes to Jesus. I just feel like there's several people in here that maybe are holding back a little bit. If your heart's beating and you're, you're feeling that in your chest a little bit, God's talking to you. I'm not going to embarrass you or bring you forward, but I'm going to pray a prayer with everybody and if you know you needed to put your hand up, pray this prayer from your heart. If you did put your hand up, just pray with me. You can pray your own words. You can pray my words. There's no magic in the words. It's just a heart crying out to Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying for me on that cross to remove all my shame, all my sin, and all my guilt. Past, present, and future, you folded up the napkin and handled all of it. I thank you for, for raising from the dead and giving me new life today. I receive you as my Lord and my leader. I declare I will not fight any battle on my own anymore. You are my leader. You're my God. Thank you for eternity and eternal life coming inside of me and being born in me. God, I give you my life for the rest of my life in Jesus' name. Come on, everybody. Give God praise this morning for the promise of heaven now and heaven then. What an awesome morning. Come on, I believe there's cake for you. And uh, I believe God has a promise for you.